Welcome to The Balance. I am your host, Kelly Rowland, and this is the podcast where we talk about all the things. For those in life who want it all, this podcast is for you. Hello, podcast family. I am so freaking excited about today's interview and today's episode. I reached out to the Gardener Squad thinking that there was no way they were going to come on my podcast. And I was pleasantly and so happily shocked when they agreed to make an appearance on the Balance Podcast. So, Today's episode is all about the Gardner Squad. Tyson and Ashley Gardner are parents of quadruplet girls. You guys, these girls are absolutely adorable. They are two sets of identical twin girls, and the Gardner family runs multi, multi businesses from their home. They are into a little bit of everything. They have a really awesome YouTube channel, and this episode is just chock full of so much raw emotion, transparency, goodness. They bring so much value. It is an amazing episode. And I'm just going to say, these people were so gracious because 25 minutes into the first recording, I realized there was no recording. So I finished out the episode, pretended nothing was wrong. And at the end, they agreed that they would just like to stay on and re-record the episode. So for that, I am entirely grateful. And I know all of you will be as well when we get to the end. I'm recording now. So let me go through this first part. Okay, hold on one second. Hey Tyson. Hey Ashley. How are you guys doing today? Good. How are you doing? I am doing fantastic. Thank you so much for agreeing to be on the Balance Podcast to share a little bit about yourselves and your family. I'm super excited about today's interview. Thank thank you you very much. Okay, so let's get started. My very first question is, for anyone out there who may not know you, can you share with us who you are, a little bit about your family, what you do, and what your journeys look like to get here? Of course. We are Tyson and Ashley Gardner. We're from Utah, and we have been blessed with quadruplet girls. We have two sets of identical twins, which is a one in 70 million uh, chance, so they're definitely miracles. that we've been blessed with from God. Um, we uh, have a YouTube channel. We are daily vloggers. So you can find us on YouTube. Uh, our page is Gardner Quad Squad. We are also on Instagram, Facebook, Twitter, and we have a blog as well. You can search Gardner Quad Squad on any of those and find us. Our blog page is GardnerQuadSquad.com. And, um, you know, that's just a little bit about our story. The girls are four years old now, so we've been on this roller coaster for a little over four years. The pregnancy was definitely part of that. So um, we're just happy to be here alive with our heads still above water. (laughs) uh, You know, we're, we're excited for the journey ahead. That is amazing. So I know my listeners are dying to know what life with quads is like. So can you just share with us a little bit um, about your journey and finding out you're expecting quads and what your birth story and NICU story was like? Sure. Yeah. So 
Um, we struggled with infertility for eight years. We um, tried several different treatments endometriosis and it's a stage four endometriosis. So, um, uh, we tried for many years and just could never get pregnant. We tried surgeries, different fertility treatments, everything up to IVF because IVF is very expensive. So we took a break for about a year and we saved everything that we could to, um, be able to do IVF. And we finally pulled that trigger and we got blessed with quadruplets. So, um, we, that moment, that moment of finding out is one of the most surreal moments in my entire life. I mean, I have never felt every single emotion a human could possibly feel in a split second when they said there's four in there. It was like every sense of joy and fear run through your body <laughs> all at the same time. No, I, I want to interject really quick right there because I want, I want your followers to know that, you know, when, when we did the IVF, by the time it got, um, to the, to the day where he was implanting the eggs, we had only had two eggs that made it to the very end. All the rest died off because oh of my goodness. So he had two eggs. One was a grade A, one was a grade D. I don't know what all that means, but obviously <laughs> I didn't, I didn't give much hope to grade D, but after the fact, he told us that he basically put the, the grade D egg back just to kind of give us that little extra hope of, well, there are two eggs well, in there. Well, and they couldn't freeze it. They would they have could, just yeah. had to discard it. Yeah, oh, okay. They told us, geez, this, wow. is it viable? But he gave us that day. And, and this is funny because they put all the pressure on us the day they're implanting the eggs. He said, look, I'm giving you about a 40% chance of having one baby. Oh, my goodness. And Ashley and I were devastated on that day, the day of implantation. Because we had no eggs left to freeze, and we basically, in our minds, had one good egg that was going back. So well, God, God showed him. Yeah. yeah, and he said, I don't have any more eggs. He said, if this uh, idea fails, you've got to go to adoption or uh, egg adoption. Because oh my her, her endometriosis was so bad, it, yeah. it just compromises everything. So flash forward, though, you know, think about that 40%. And that is part of our story is that, you know... God doesn't believe in statistics. God doesn't believe in statistics at all. And that is where we get, you know, our four beautiful truly are miracles because, you know, becoming pregnant with both eggs, splitting, having the two sets of identical twins, that's a one in 70 million odd. For me, yeah. I call that a miracle. That's the definition of a miracle, without a doubt. <laughs> yes, it's definitely definition of a miracle and these these girls have showed um definitely have showed a lot of overcoming throughout just their four short years i mean they have definitely overcome many things that you know they may have not been able to i mean yeah. they have just been a miracle from god for sure and they have a purpose for being here so oh absolutely um, so our pregnancy was um our pregnancy was kind of eventful. <laughs> um, it was the first about 19 weeks. I was super duper sick, like just couldn't even get up, couldn't even sit up. I, the smells of anything, I wasn't eating anything. It was, I lost 20 pounds in my first trimester and I didn't have 20 pounds to lose. And, and as awful as it was for Ashley and as hard as it was for Ashley, it was, it was so stressful on me too, because I knew 
She needed to eat, and she refused <laughs> because she. I yes. literally, I had to come. I had to come home from work, and I had to force those Costco protein shakes down her. <laughs> it was the only thing I yep. could get her to eat. But, you know, I I knew I had to do that for the babies because they yeah. were they were just sucking all of her nutrients, and she was so so sick. And I mean, every day it was just a struggle to actually you have. To drink this shake. Like, you, you don't, don't understand. understand. <laughs> I felt so bad. Oh, my gosh. Forcing her. It was just. Oh, it was, poor thing. Oh, man. To go back, I mean, we laugh about it now. But yeah. in that moment, it was such a difficult time to just sustain her and the girl's sustained pregnancy. Mm-hmm. So, um, at about 19 weeks, the girls had grown and they were growing perfect up to this point. The only thing was that I was really sick. At 19 weeks, um, two of them developed TTTS, so they essentially we almost lost all four of them. And uh, TTTS is twin to twin transfusion syndrome. So if you guys don't know what it is, you can Google it. Um, but basically, one baby is taking all the nutrients and not giving any back to their identical twins. So um, you're fine. I'm sorry. No, you're fine. This is like, I always tell my audience, this is called life over here at the house. <laughs> sorry. Um, <laughs> no, you're fine. It's for the mailman. So, um, we had to fly the next day that we found out we had TTTS. We had to fly to California and um, get fetal surgery on two of the babies. And I didn't realize that that was something that could happen other than in like the Grey's Anatomy episode. I didn't think it was real life. <laughs> But they really do perform fetal surgery, and it is intense. Um, they do this surgery. It's very hard on the babies, but it's either the surgery or we were to lose them. And um, they do this surgery, and then they say, okay, surgery's done. You've got 24 hours. We'll see if they still have heartbeats afterwards. And it is the most terrifying 24 hours of your life. Um, we have never felt the power of prayer so much during that time. Um we, as hard of a situation as that was, it was one of our biggest uh, faith building experiences in our lives was to be able to go through that and um, go through the unknown and not know if our babies were going to survive the 24 hours. Um, but not only that, having so many prayers from all over the world, all different religions, all different people from everywhere, our following was praying for us. They were typing out prayers on our posts. They were I've never felt that magnitude of the power of prayer before as I did in that moment. And nobody, nobody cared, you know, what our religion was or our skin yeah. color or our, you know, political stance. They didn't care. They loved these babies. They saw these <laughs> miracles that were going to be born. And they truly just were praying for these beautiful children to make it and, and to be born. And that was so um, eye-opening for Ashley and I. We really, you know... All the garbage that you see out there on the media, you know, you don't, you don't really know what's out in the world. And Ashley and I saw what was really out in the world. Really good people who care about other people. Yeah, praying to their higher power, no matter who their higher power was, they were praying. And uh, we felt those prayers in, in great magnitude. And it really sustained us through that time to be able to make it um, through those 24 hours. And um, they... We got through the 24 hours, fast forward, and we had four heartbeats, and um, we were very excited about that. And the doctor said, okay, just make it home, and I need you flat on your left side till you deliver these babies. And 
So I was at home for a couple weeks and then uh, got admitted to the hospital and I was on hospital bed rest flattened on my left side for about seven and a half weeks. Um, we spent the holidays there, Thanksgiving, Oh, every single Christmas. holiday. Yeah. New Year's. <laughs> <laughs> All of them. I got discharged on New Year's Day. So every single holiday that year. And honestly, they were the best holidays. They were. We knew we so were doing... Memories. We were doing exactly what we needed to be doing, and it was best for those babies. And honestly, it was the least stressful holiday. <laughs> <laughs> That's awesome. They knew where we were. Right, exactly. But we delivered. What did we deliver at? We delivered at 29 weeks and four days. Um, so one of the biggest questions I always get from people is, how ginormous were you? <laughs> and probably my least favorite question I get. <laughs> Um, but it is a good question. A lot of, it is definitely something that I understand why people would want to guess that. Um, but yeah, it, because I delivered so early and my babies were so small, they kind of equal to one big baby. So the day I delivered, I was, uh, 42 weeks or so I was measuring at 42 weeks. Um, but I was 29 weeks and four days. So, uh, we delivered, um, and Indy was our smallest and she was one pound, six ounces. And then Esme was the next, she was two nine. And then we had Scarlett at two pounds, eight ounces. And then Evie was two pounds, 10 ounces. So, um, they were really, really small. Indy literally just fit right in the palm of your hand. Um, they were just so tiny little fighting miracles. I didn't even like when you looked at them, you were just like in awe, like how can there be so much in them? They're so tiny, yeah. like their hearts, their lungs, their bowels, everything. How can that be inside this little tiny, yes. tiny human? Yes. And, it's like the perfect, most tiny, perfect thing you've ever seen. Yes. <laughs> it is. And you just don't, like you really realize how strong they are. They are just so strong. Oh, we were blown away at the resilience of those babies. They, they overcame so many odds. The doctors were warning us about this, that, and the other, and they just kept blowing everybody away and just, you know, I overcoming mean, we, those obstacles. We had the NICU, the neonatologist doctors say, "Well, let me just, you know, put this in your mind that." Statistically, one out of every four babies who are born at 40 weeks and are supposedly perfectly healthy have health issues. Mm -hmm. So you're going to have four babies, all preemies, <laughs> like odds are they're going to have health issues. Like, we were you just a little stressed out. Yes. And um, happy to announce that none of them have any health issues at all. They are perfectly healthy. We they haven't had a serious health issue. Like I mean, again, um, for us, it just shows the miracles that we've been blessed with from God. They are, they are meant to be here. They have a purpose and a light to shine to the world. And that's our job is to help them shine that light. That's kind of how we feel about our journey. Um, so to jump forward to your other part of your question, the Nick U, um, the Nick U was, they say to plan on their original due date. So my girls were born December 28th and their original due date was March 11th. So about three months that they want you to plan on. Um, and we got our first baby home, Evie. She was our biggest and our strongest. She came home at six weeks. And then we got... Way ahead of schedule. Yeah, way, so we were, way ahead we were of schedule. so excited. <laughs> and then um, one week later, exactly one week later, we had um, Esme and Scarlett both came home on the same day together. So we had three at home and one in the NICU. And... Um, 
to fast forward a little bit, Indy did end up being able to come home at eight weeks, which was great, but it was the longest week of my entire life. Uh, To have, like, um, your NICU experience is so difficult. It's a roller coaster. It's so hard. You have ups and downs. You know, we had a few hiccups where Indy, you know, kind of went blue and stopped breathing that they had to bring back. Like, there was a a lot of, a few things like that, but overall, um, the hardest part of the NICU stay for me as a mother was having my babies split up. When they were all together in the NICU, it was way easier for me because I would just go and I'd spend 18 hours a day there and then I'd go home and I'd sleep and then I'd wake up and I'd do it again and I was with my babies all day long. I was rotating through all four of them, giving them as much as I could. Um, But then when they're split, you have one at home and you're the only one, you and your husband are the only one providing for this baby. They don't have doctors and nurses anymore and you want them to have doctors. Because they're still so tiny when they come home. Oh my goodness, yes. And they all come home, they all came home on oxygen and monitors. Um, and they, it was, I mean, it was crazy, but having them split was probably the most emotional thing I've ever been through. I mean, you, it, when we had three at home, I mean, we had three, we had triplets at home that literally require every moment of your time and your energy. And then you still have one in the NICU that you have to drive 20 minutes to go see and spend time with. And then you're sitting there at the NICU going, oh my gosh, is my husband drowning at home with the other three? Like, yeah. ah! And so it was just, your heart is literally torn into pieces. And that was one of the most difficult, most emotional experiences I had ever been through. Yeah, I'm so glad you mentioned that because I was going to follow up that question because that's something that we experience as well. And like you said, it's you're so torn because you feel joy and you feel sadness. And as a parent, I mean, I mean, as it is, the whole thing is so emotional and you feel like a failure so often. So all those feelings start flooding up, you know, when that split happens. And because all you really want is to be a family is to finally be a family. Definitely. Yeah. I mean, and having them split is just your heart is literally in two different places and it aches constantly. Yes. I mean, you don't sleep. You no. just want to be there for her. And, um, you know, I, I was so happy the day that we finally got all four of them back together again. That was just the best day ever. You know what? I'm being a little stressed. A yeah. Little stressed because now all the responsibility was on her shoulders. I was like, we didn't have doctors and nurses. Wait, do you trust me to do this? <laughs> right. I qualified. And, you know, you make such a good point and you actually strike something I've never actually thought of before. And I'm sure you felt this way too. It's because the NICU was your life, right? That was your entire life. So now you're being asked and now it's time to start life home as a family. But when you have one here and one there, you, it's like hard to blend those worlds. It's nearly impossible because your mindset this way in this world, but now we got to be this way and it's a whole new world. So it's just a total mind boggling experience. Yes. And trying (laughs) to figure out how to manage literally no sleep and the feedings and the diaper changings and making sure each one of them is getting enough love. And, you know, there's just so much that you have that goes into, you know, becoming a parent of one or four. Yeah. And no matter where you're at on that spectrum, it's, um, you know, you're, you've got a new life with a new little human being or beings that are completely reliant on you. Yeah. You are their sole provider. You're, you're the one that's responsible for keeping them alive. And 
I was like, I don't know if I'm qualified to do this. Yeah. <laughs> I it, was, it was a transition, let's put it yes. that way. <laughs> yes, yes. Because like you said, like ours came home on apnea monitors too and on caffeine. Yep. And then, so the monitor's going off all the time. You're not sleeping at all, but you're still trying to like pump and I'll do all these things and do this. And it's just, it's the most exhausting, blissful state that there can yeah. be, I'm pretty sure. <laughs> oh, for sure. Good times. Good times. <laughs> it's funny looking back. Do you ever realize, or do you ever think, oh, I could do that again? Or like, that wasn't so bad. But then you're like, wait, no, that was crazy. <laughs> we, have, we have differing opinions on that, so. <laughs> <laughs> no, my, my husband's the same way because he's very, um, has a lot of fear about having children again just because of the experience. So I totally understand, you know, having differing opinions on that, but um, thank you so much for sharing your birth story. I can tell you, I had so many chills throughout the whole thing just because, you know, my boys had TTTS as well, but they developed it a lot later and they actually, we were thinking of having that surgery performed, but there wasn't enough time since they were born 24 after 24 hours, um, after yeah. us being admitted. So, okay. yeah. So that's such a blessing. You guys were able to have that surgery and it actually worked. You know, because like you said, there's a lot of odds that may not go in that in that favor. Yes, yeah. definitely a lot of odds that go into that, and it's a lot of you know faith. Yes, <laughs> that's we sometimes all you have. We, we went into it holding to our faith, and that's what kept us going. Absolutely, yeah. Sometimes that's all you can have in those kind of times. You know, you give it all up to God. You know, that's that's yeah. all you can do. And Absolutely. Ashley, one of my favorite things you said, um, you know, about your NICU and your birth experience is that all the immense emotions that you felt all at one time, like being so filled with joy and just hope, but at the same time being so filled with fear about the unknown and, you know, questioning everything that's going on. Um, yeah, yeah, so. definitely. I mean, you just don't, you don't know and you're, you you do not know if you're qualified and you can't <laughs> figure it out. Yeah. You, figure it out. <laughs> you do. You just like do your best. It, I like that it, you're, you're on a you're on a roller coaster that doesn't have an end. You just keep going. It's like one second you're at the top, one second you're on a smooth part. The next minute you're doing loop de loos, and you're like, where yes. am I? So, right. Especially with you know. with two, you know, we yeah. never got a break. It was always an up yeah, and a exactly. down. But with four, I mean, goodness gracious, I just can't imagine like you're going to keep track of each one and each one of their issues and the progress of you know each girl so i just yes. goodness we, we might we might have mixed their names up <laughs> oh i can only imagine you guys are <laughs> rock stars that's all i can say um so i do want to ask um what have been some of the best parts and the hardest parts of being quad parents Oh, man. Oh, wow. Well, we don't know any difference. <laughs> right. <laughs> for me, for me, one of the things that stands out the most is, you know, initially, um, you know, when you're having the quad, you find out there's two sets of twins. You're like, oh, this is going to be kind of cool. And, you know, they're going to look alike. And these two will probably be like that. And these two will be like, mom. No. They are all their own individuals. They are so different. Their personalities are so different. And for me... Uh, that was kind of surprising in the beginning, but also now, you know, shoot four years down the line. It is so much fun. You have these four distinct personalities. They give you so much, um, you know, fire and love and just, and they're just so different. It's that your day is never boring. You're always entertained. Um, they're just, they crack me up with the things they come <laughs> up with. But, you know, it's, it's, it's just another, um, 
you know, example to us, you know, that we all come from heaven with our own spirits and, you know, they definitely came with their own spirits because, um, I, I, I don't even know if Ashley and I have shaped them in any way yet because they've had such a strong personality from the beginning. Right. For me, it's just like, Indy is Indy, you know, yeah. as is, as they are just their own being. And it's, it's, it's amazing to just watch that unfold. Yeah. I mean, there's a lot of, um, cool things and challenges that come with it. I mean, and the challenges I feel like change with every, with every stage, like in the beginning, it was so hard because you didn't sleep ever. Never. And it was just a constant, like, I don't even recall that first year. <laughs> It was a blur. I don't think I was really here. I think I was on autopilot. It was a blur. I really don't even remember that first year. It was just so hard because they constantly needed to be fed and burped and changed and rocked and loved. And now it's different. Like they sleep through the night, but now they destroy your home. And they destroy everything. And they tell you no. And they fight with each other. And they ask why. Why, Dad? Why? million and a half times a day each and you're like if i have to hear it was so funny yesterday i kept hearing you guys have probably all seen the meme where you know how many times does a parent hear their like mom or dad in a day oh yeah and i was just like oh my gosh like they literally have said my name so many times if i hear mom one more time and then right then scarlet looks up and goes mom 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 and i go what she goes i don't know that's so funny that's amazing they know how to get to you for sure they do they do yeah I can I can imagine you do not get much of a break like when you're in mom mode they someone needs something to drink someone needs something to eat someone needs to go tt it's like ever Ashley and I have definitely changed though because what we feel is important in life and what you know we give our time to now is completely different than before we had children and you know even though you're running constantly for these girls and you're getting them what they need and you've got school and you've got dance and you know you want to give them time and you know I found that the most important thing in my life is giving my daughters the time and the love that they need it's not basketball anymore it's not my music it's not it's not anything that I used to do. Those things have all taken a backseat to my family. And, you know, my children, they give me this unconditional love that is unmatched by anything. And and, and I just... Are you saying I don't unconditionally love you? There are days, there are days, there are days when I wonder if I'm going to walk out of the house. But, you know, my children, they, you know, they just, they love me yes. unconditionally. And it makes it so easy to just say, I will do anything for you. Anything. Yeah. No, I think our children sometimes are our greatest teacher. They teach me so much every day. And, like, I want to live more like they do. Yes. You know, and they just give so much so freely. They're so forgiving. They they yeah. hold no prejudice. Yeah, so pure. Yeah. No, There's I so think much that's love. They see. I love to look at the world through our kids' eyes. Yes. That's been, that's been one of my favorite things is when yes. they see something for the first time and they're so excited. They think it's the coolest thing. They're just like... Wow, sometimes we take for granted, yeah. you know, that we've been given every single day. This is, this is interesting. 
It is. Yeah, like their emotions, their joys are amplified through you. Like you feel it too. You oh, know, no, when no. they're happy, you're happy. And yeah. when they're excited, you're excited. And I think that's just a beautiful thing to experience. Absolutely. Okay, so a little bit of a transition. How do you guys manage your businesses with quads? And you have any tips to our listeners on time management? Um, you know, one thing for Ashley and I that we found is that, you know, we play to our strengths and our weaknesses. And we do everything together. We're a team. And we've kind of been like this throughout our marriage, but definitely through the pregnancy and after the girls have come. And, you know, one thing that I've tried to do is, you know, uh, you know, being a man, being, you know, kind of a proud guy, you have to realize there are certain things that that you can't do very well. And there's certain things that your wife is going to do a lot better. And it's okay to admit those things. And that's been good for our marriage. That's been good for us as parents, that we play to our strengths. You know, Ashley will do some things way better than I will do. And I'm going to let her do those and take the credit and vice versa. You know, there might be something in the business that I, I'm a little bit stronger at doing and she's going to let me handle that. And, and that's kind of how we run our lives. We do everything together, but if one of us is stronger at something, we, we, we step aside and let them, you know, take the lead on that thing. But the most important thing is that we're a team. We do, we do everything together just because Ashley's the mom doesn't mean that she had to change all the diapers and do the bottles. No, absolutely yeah. not. I changed just as many diapers and I fed just as many bottles and vice versa in business. There's not, you know, one thing that I do more because, you know, I'm a man and that's my job and that's the stereotype. I know in today's world it's not, you know, women are, you know, a lot more empowered and, and as they should be, but we do everything equally. We're equal partners in, in parenting. We're equal partners in life. We're equal partners in our business. And, and you know, we're happy to help each other out. And the one thing that we have with each other is trust, and we're always there for each other, no matter what. We did everything together. We split it equally. We're a team. They're our children. We're their parents. It's our business. And uh, it's, it's not you, I. That is not how we speak in our house. It, it's our it's our family business, and so these are our children, and and we've always been a team. And Ashley and I have been like that pretty much throughout our entire marriage. And I think, you know, just going through those trials and going through life, you know, it only strengthened us and, and made us even more of who we we already were. But you know, running all these businesses, we just we do everything together. And I think the most important thing for us uh, in parenting and in business and relationships in life is we try not to take things too serious and we try not to look too far down the line. We just take it a day at a time. I think that's great advice um, for sure. And I love that you just say like admit to when you're not good at something and maybe, you know, give that task well, to someone else. Well, Kelly, if I don't admit to it, she'll tell me. So. <laughs> I understand. Hey, that's a, that's a good thing. <laughs> so I'm not good at just, okay, yeah, this is going to come up anyway. So I'll go ahead and admit it. <laughs> <laughs> no, I love that. So my next question is, since this podcast is called The Balance, um, so how does balance look for you today compared to life before the quads? Oh my goodness. (laughs) (laughs) That is a good question. Um, You know, I... It's so hard for me to say this because I feel from that infertility standpoint as well. Um, But... It is so true. Like, our lives did not start until we had kids. Like, 
I look back now and I'm like, holy cow, we had it so easy before. <laughs> to have these children and to balance and you know kind of to talk a little bit about what Tyson was saying is something that we do to help as well and to balance everything is uh, we've really had to learn to delegate Tyson and I our whole entire marriage have always been like no I can do it myself I'm strong I can do it I don't need anybody's help like that's kind of how we were um, before we had kids and I'm telling you quadruplets humble you really really fast I can only imagine <laughs> I cannot do it all by myself, and I do need help, <laughs> um, especially where we run five businesses from home. I mean, there's just a lot that gets juggled in the air, and so for us, balancing is, um, it is a, it's a daily task and a daily struggle, to be honest with you. Um, we, so, like I was telling Tyson last week, like, I... I totally killed it at one of my businesses. I did everything that day that I needed to do. I did the life feeds I needed to do. I did the orders I needed to do. I did everything. And then I came out at five to cook dinner and I'm like, I feel like I'm on top of the world. <laughs> but I didn't, I didn't vlog anything. So I did nothing for any of my other four businesses. I just did everything for one. And then at nighttime, it was time for me to be mom again. Yeah. And then I didn't connect with Tyson at all that day. And so it was like a total like, okay. Well, I'm just trying to balance it. So the next day, I didn't do anything for the business I did the day before. I vlogged really well, and me and Tyson spent great quality time together and with the girls. So it was like, it's this constant, like, cycle of, like, I have to realize that I can't do it all. I do have to delegate. We've hired assistants to help us with some of these tasks that um, we don't have to personally do. We can delegate to people. Um that's been my biggest thing is it was hard for us to let go of that control to delegate, but that's been one of the best things that we've learned to do is this task may not get done the way I would do it, but as long as it gets done, that's good. No, I absolutely love that. And I definitely have had to learn the same thing as well. You know, if my husband, if he empties a dishwasher and all the things are not where they're supposed to go, you know, I just have to get over it and be thankful. You just have to be happy here. Yeah, exactly. And, you know, my next question was a follow-up question, and you kind of already answered it in your question, because my question was, what are you choosing to bomb right now due to your current priorities? And I loved what you said about, you know, you've recognized that you did all the things you wanted to in one business, and you, like, felt like a rock star mom, you came out at the perfect time, but then you realized all these other things didn't get done, but you were okay with it. Like yes. you accepted it and you still let yourself feel like, oh, this is a big win and the other stuff will happen later. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Like I, you can't get down on yourself about that stuff because you can only do what you can do. There's only so many hours within the day and you can only accomplish so much. And so for me, I accomplished so much in one business um, and then I just took it as a win. And then the next day I, I, you know, I totally tackled the next business and we did that really, really well the next day. So you can only do what you can do. And there's only so many hours in the day. And I think people need to hear that so more often than they do. So I appreciate those words of encouragement because we all have to feel like we're rock star at everything all the time. And yes, it's just, so much pressure for that. it yeah. is, yes, it's just, and we just have to accept it's not going to happen. You know, just yes, be it's not gonna happen and it's okay. And you're doing way better than you think you are. 
Yeah. Um, you're always doing way better than you think you are, and you're your own worst critic. Those, those are the lessons that I've learned. I'm my own worst critic. I'm doing way better than I think <laughs> I am, and I'm okay. I'm going to just take it as a win, be happy, and move on to just continue putting one foot in front of the other. Yes, absolutely. I love that. And you guys have already offered up so much wisdom today, but my last question is, are there any last words of encouragement to all the moms and dads out there who are feeling overwhelmed? Um, well, this we, is... We both have answers for that one. <laughs> <laughs> well, I can't wait to hear both. <laughs> okay, so um, we've definitely been over here in this house where we feel like we're drowning. We definitely feel like that um, with all of our business, our kids, no matter what the circumstances, sometimes you have family drama, sometimes, you know, you have just a whole bunch of stuff that's weighing on your plate. And um, what I, what I like to think about is this is such a small, small time frame. It feels like it's going to last forever. But what gets me through it is my kids aren't going to be little forever. And while that is so sad and it makes me so sad that they're not going to be little forever, things are going to change and things will get a little bit easier as they get older. And every single day that you put one foot in front of the other, things are going to get easier. And maybe today sucks and maybe it's the worst day and maybe you're like, shoot, I yelled at my kids way more than I should have today. But you always have tomorrow. Tomorrow is a new day and you just start again. And if you mess up again, that's okay. You got a new minute. The next minute you can start again. You can always start again and keep trying to do better than you did the minute before. And that's the only person that you ever need to try and be better than is who you were yesterday. And so I love that is to not comparing yourself. I feel like, especially moms, if any mom, you know, the moms out there listening, we tend to compare ourselves to everybody on, you know, social media, like, well, this mom, you know, does 75 things for St. Patrick's Day, and I don't even think my kids own a green t-shirt. So, you know, so you start feeling really bad about these things, but you have to realize that that's okay, and your kids are going to be just fine, and you just have to keep putting one foot in front of the other and know that you're doing way better than you think you are. Thank you, Ashley. I love that advice. And my advice, uh, it always it changes from time to time. I think it just depends on what I'm going through at the moment. But I guess right now what's coming to my mind is, you know, as parents, we're, we're out in the world. We see what's going on in the world. You know, we're educated. We, you know, watch the news and, you know, we understand everything. And sometimes the world can be a dark place. And you have to realize that um, that's life. And, and Ashley and I try and, you know, be a light to the world. We try and make ourselves positive. We try and, you know, show our light, show our miracle, uh, the blessings that God has given us and talk about them openly and share that with the world. But that being said, um, us acknowledging the world, I bring it back to my house and I'm looking at a picture of my daughters right now and they unconditionally love Ashley and I, and we, right now are their world. And so they don't see all the garbage that's out there. They see what Ashley and I um, allow them to see because that's all they know. And so for me, for parents out there right now, what I like to share is you are your children's world and <clears throat> you are their educators, you are their teachers, and they are learning from you. And so no matter what's going on in your life, if you've had a busy work day, you've had a hard day at the office, you, you know, things didn't go right, Give your child everything positive that they need. Give them the love that they need because if you think about what they give to us, unconditional love, that's what they give to us. They love us no matter what. 
And if we can just focus on giving them that, um, when they do come to that point when they have to go out into the world, that dark place sometimes, they will be a light also. And they'll, they'll share a message that God wants them to share. Oh my goodness, that is so beautiful. And honestly, when someone listens to this episode, when they hear that, I think it's going to be a gut check. You know, because like you said, we are their world and it shouldn't matter what else is happening in the world or what kind of day you have. Not saying you're not going to have bad days or, you know, be perfectly positive, but you have to remember that you are shaping their world and they look to you. And I just, I know that's going to hit someone really hard. I know it did for me. So thank you for sharing that. Of course. Thank you. Okay, so I know you guys um, already shared, you know, where we can find you all. You'd have your YouTube blog and your Instagram feed and your Facebook. And if you guys do not follow them, you have to go follow them because I they their girls are adorable. Like, so adorable. They are so stinking cute. So thank you guys so much for sharing your story today, for being on the podcast and taking your time to do this. I really, really appreciate it. Of course. Thank you for having us. Absolutely. We had a great time. Thank you. Thanks for tuning in to today's episode of The Balance. For more information about me or to receive your free goal-setting guide, visit kellyroland.com. Can't wait to talk to you all next time.